Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. The Colts begin preseason and the era of uh, Mr. Richardson has begun. Anthony Richardson to his friends. He will start against Buffalo. He'll play a quarter. Uh, honestly, why not let him play the half? What's what he the the injury fear is 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 that it? The injury fear? He only plays a, a quarter. The guy needs time. He is a rookie quarterback, and no matter how many physical assets the dude has, he needs time to develop. I say get him as much a practice time uh, in those game situations as humanly possible. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. JMV joins us from 93.51075, the fan in Indianapolis. He is the voice of sports in Indiana. There is zero surprise, JMV, zero surprise that Anthony Richardson is the starter. Worst kept secret in all of America but why in the world are they only going to play this guy a quarter? I think that's a mistake. Well, I will say this, Tony. I agree with you as far as the volume that he needs. He needs every chance, uh, I think, that, that he can get. Uh, it does make sense. I think it's going to be more about the number of plays, Tony, than it is a number of plays, you know, series, for example, more than it is just, all right, once the first quarter is over, then he's out and Gardner Minshew's in. So I would look more for that aspect of it to play the amount of plays you know what they're able to do and work around that playbook in those particular plays whether they're able to sustain a drive or you know if it's snuffed out hopefully get him into those situations against another team and a defense that's much better than the Colts I'm assuming even with not their front liners in there for the most part coming at him so it doesn't make sense to me it does but you also do and you mentioned going down this path is exactly the way that it had to occur and that's what it did and again, I'll tell you this, I think it sets the stage. Week number one, Anthony Richardson under center. Both of us agree that's exactly what should happen. But you know what? Before you ask the next question, remember a year ago in Buffalo, the offensive line played horribly. This was the one group, played horribly, and we just kind of said, ah, you know what, it's the preseason. Don't worry about it. They'll be fine. That set the tone for this offensive line group for the remainder of the season. I mean, it was awful. So those are things that you can gather. In the preseason does not matter. The way that you're able to execute and the way that you look against like uh, one teams, two teams, whatever, is very important, and that's what we're going to watch for tomorrow. Stick with quarterback for for a second. Uh, Gardner Minshew, uh, who's in his fourth year, not a veteran when we talk about veteran quarterbacks or journeyman quarterbacks by any stretch, but certainly a fan favorite, a guy people like, and yes, a guy who can throw the ball. He accepts the fact that he's the backup quarterback on the Colts and could be for as long as he wants to be behind Anthony Richardson. Like, is is there a real fight here for a starter role, or does he know exactly his role and he's down with it? I think he knows his role, Tony. He does. He's known his role since he's been in the NFL because, for the most part, that's been it. And he has been a terrific story. He's a great conversation but he is a backup. The long-term future in what the Colts hope here is that of Anthony Richardson. So he is there. And I mentioned this to you before, I think. There are two reasons why, to me, 
you would see Gardner Minshew in a game and they're both bad. And that is an injury to Richardson or just extreme ineffectiveness from Richardson that would lead the Colts to go ahead and make that change. Both are not good. Both Colts fans don't want to see. He has accepted his role. He understands his role. He's going to be at the ready. But Colts fans, you don't want to see him other than the preseason. That's the hope. Sticking with quarterbacks, Matt Ryan all of a sudden decided he wants to talk the former Colts quarterback, the former longtime Atlanta Falcons quarterback, Matty Ice. The end of career with Colts was a blank show. Um, first, yeah, that that's that is accurate, Matt. Uh, secondly, what is he saying in this interview here? And did it make sense to say it? Like, is he calling out the Colts here, or is he calling out himself? Is he saying that the career is done? He's never going to go back, or maybe the stuff with CBS Sports will lead to one or two more years in the NFL? Well, I mean, part of that blank show ended up getting him in twenty-three million dollars this season, of which he's not you know, playing. So he should at least feel good about that. I I do. I think he recognizes that he was a part of it, but I don't believe he inserted himself into that. I think his opinion was more on Jim Ursay and his insertion a year ago in, you know, making the switch from Frank Reich ultimately to, to uh, Jeff Saturday. And and probably the biggest thing here is the fact that it was Jim Ursay who wanted to get Salinger out there and bench Matt Ryan. That was Jim Ursay. I still, to this day, Tony, I want to know what both Chris Ballard and Frank Reich saw in the 90 minutes of tape it took them to watch Matt Ryan to assess him and then believe that he still had plenty of time, plenty of gas left in the tank because from the opening gate, it didn't look like he had anything left. They thought maybe four more years. He didn't look like he had four more plays left in any of these games. So that's kind of what I want to know. But, yeah, I, I think it was more about just the surroundings in which he was involved in than it was just how bad he was, and he was as bad as any quarterback has been around here. He was definitely a part of that blank show a year ago. Talking to JMV from 93.5-1075, the fan in Indianapolis. He is the voice of sports in Indiana. Let's bring it over to running back, where, of course, everything has been about Jonathan Taylor, his agent, the back and forth with Jim Ursay. Running backs uh, don't get paid uh, what they used to. He has been out. Back issues, not back issues. First things first, JMV. Does he have a problem with his back? Second thing second, will he be back to practice next week? And third thing third, who the bloody heck is the running back for the Colts? <laughs> well, I mean, you got, you know, you got uh, a laundry, Evan Hall, for example, is a fifth round pick. It's funny. You look at Evan Hall going into tomorrow and you, you probably got to play him as if he's in bubble wrap. I mean, you do, you got to make sure that he comes out of this unscathed because of the running back situations. I mean, to start the season, it is still a great unknown. I'll give you a couple of things right here. Once with Jonathan Taylor, I think that this is just a ploy. I honestly do. I think that his representation is trying to figure out a way how Jonathan Taylor can still get paid and not play for this team. I believe that to be the case. And, again, I could be proven wrong. Maybe it is uh, a longer-lasting thing with his surgically repaired ankle. I just have my doubts about that. Uh, he may be trying to sidestep that whole off-premises injury, non-football-related stuff that was leaked to the local Colts riders here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, maybe he's trying to sidestep that. But to me, I bet you they're trying to exercise an opportunity here to get him paid 
without him playing for this team. And what I think it does is it further escalates the fact that this is breaking apart to a point if he's able to get paid and not play, then you wonder if the Colts end up breaking down, going against the grain of what Jim Mercy said and trying to find another spot for him on another team. Meantime, you look at Kareem Hunt early in the week, and this makes zero sense to me. I oh, know the, that the, the possibility that of the of the signing Kareem Hunt, he played with Kansas City, he was with the Browns, yeah. and he's got like eight or nine years on, on, on him in, in the NFL, I think eight years. And there was a there was a serious plan to try and sign him? Yeah, I mean, according to national writers, that the Colts actually made an offer. Actually made an offer to Kareem Hunt. I thought all along, Tony, that he had just visited New Orleans. And all these national writers said the same thing because they get all their info from his representation. They said, great visit, but now, hey, the Colts are really interested, and now he's off on a jet to Indy to give them a look-see here. So I always thought that that was his representation, trying to build up the value for his client in New Orleans but according to those that cover the NFL at the highest levels, the Colts made an offer. And if that position is so disposable, if you really, truly, Tony, don't need Jonathan Taylor, and clearly they've made that line in the sand from top to bottom completely known, so you're going to tell me this is the guy? This is the guy you're going to go with? And even beyond his off-the-field crap in the past, he's been completely ineffective. I mean, he has not at all put up any numbers. Last year, he was a pain in Cleveland early. He wanted out. He wanted to trade himself. So the ineffective nature of just him in general, it just defies all logic why the Colts, if you need a camp body, get a camp body. You know, they got Jason Huntley's a camp body. Get him. That's fine. But you don't need to mess with Kareem Hunt in this situation, especially if you view the running back through the prism of Jonathan Taylor in the fashion in which you do. It doesn't make any sense to me. Let's take a step back here, JMV, talking to JMV, mm-hmm. the voice of sports in Indiana. And let's just a real quick uh, on the rundown. You called Jason Huntley a camp body. I'm not so yeah. sure. Jonathan Taylor, out. Zach Moss, broken arm. Sorry to hear mm-hmm. it. You've got Deion Jackson. You've got Evan Hall. They signed Jason Huntley. They signed Kenyon Drake, which no one's talking about. And yeah. then you've got my guy, Jake Funk, who I just want to see play, so they'll play the music. We want the funk because Lucas Oil is going to sound amazing when that happens. Um, you're telling me that Jason Huntley can't play? And yeah. what about Kenyon Drake? Because he at least has played and has seen uh, uh, moments of success. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. He's played in, in places in which you would say the style of quarterback would be befitting of his talent in the backfield. However, don't you question? You got Kenyon Drake signed. He's here. He's been working out for the past week with your team, but you bring in Kareem Hunt, too. I mean, Kareem Hunt's not a camp body. I mean, that's something that you're going to have to get past a couple of different directions. You're going to have to get past the fact that he has a past, and you're going to have to answer those questions, and then you're going to have to explain to everybody, you know, why you believe that he is going to be. That, that is a, a season-long signing right there if you do it. And that's the part I, I didn't understand if you had Kenyon Drake. So to me, Kenyon Drake's not impressed. And the fact that they need a camp body, that Jason Huntley has, I know, a history of being in Philly, but it's a very small history. They just need bodies at running back right now. And that's exactly what he is. Kareem Hunt was different. Maybe, hey, maybe Tony in closing here, it was just a ploy. Maybe he was saying to the representation of Jonathan Taylor, hey, we're really serious. We don't need you right here. We'll go and get this guy that has at least accomplishments in production in the past. 
But uh, I don't see any other way why you'd screw around in the fashion of what they did with Hunt. And uh, they need camp bodies, and that's why Hunt was there. Your percentage, your odds that the season starts and Jonathan Taylor is not in uniform playing. <laughs> well, it's I, I said zero, I think, a couple of weeks ago to you when all this saga first started. Um, I would say it is in the 70% category right now. Wow. It just kind of seems like both sides are going to go ahead and cross their arms and say, hey, this is where we are and that's going to be it. I, I would not be surprised, and I think I went against the grain with this with you a couple of weeks ago too. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried now to reverse course and find him a seat someplace else. I, I don't know what the alternative is going to be considering all the cards both sides have played in this. seems like they're both very strong in their positioning. So I would not be surprised if the Colts reserve a reverse course and went ahead and tried to find him another place. We'll see. They're not going to get anything for him. I mean, it's going to be low ball city from everybody. But that no longer would surprise me. So I'd say 70% that he will not suit up with the Colts. And you're looking at, in this preseason game, uh, it's a 1 o'clock game against the Bills in Buffalo. You're taking a serious look at that offensive line. Anything else uh, you're looking at for early indicators? Uh, Tony, two things we haven't talked about at all because of this Jonathan Taylor saga has been the offensive line and the secondary. Watch for the corners. I don't know how much time, how many plays they're going to get. But this is a very inexperienced group, especially compared to what you had a year ago. Uh, that's going to be a group to watch if they're put in those situations against the pass. So those two things right there, I think, would stand out to me, um, other than the fact that Anthony Richardson is going to be out there and he's going to be under the microscope every single play. JMV, 93.5, The Fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. Always appreciate you taking the time to be with us. There is more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.